You're listening to episode number two of the Oral Surgery Success Podcast. I am Russell Kirk, your host. If you're new here, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. In this episode, I want to talk to you about soft tissue flap design. I get a lot of questions about soft tissue flap design. Specifically, in my case, they ask me about how I access impacted third molars, mostly the lowers. And I'll talk about that in terms of specifics a little later in the episode. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you about my background in flap design and how I learned it and how I remember it and how I'll still do it today, 20-something years later. We had a chairman in our oral surgery department in Memphis where I went to dental school, and his name was Dr. Charlie Shannon. He's not with us any longer. And he taught us something, and for whatever reason, you have these things that stick in your mind that you just never forget the way they're described to you, the way they're explained to you. And he taught me something way back when that I still remember and I still use today. One of the things that he talked about was when you make an incision, a surgical incision, to remember that incisions heal side to side, not end to end. And I thought that was so simple, but now I see the brilliance in it. What he was trying to get us to do was be a little more assertive with our surgical incisions so we could create enough of a soft tissue flap and reflect a flap to where we could see what we needed to see, access where we needed to access, and to minimize tension and trauma to the soft tissue itself. Because the longer you make that incision, the the less... Uh, the less stress on the soft tissue and you can see and you can access things better. And the trick and the art to it, in my opinion, over the years is finding that sweet spot, not going too long if you don't have to, but don't go too short to create a problem for yourself. We get in our own way sometimes when we don't make our incisions long enough. So that's something that he taught us that I remember to this day. And you know, we don't want to be heavy handed on our soft tissue flaps. We don't want to retract too hard. A lot of times you'll make it your incision too short. You could create in this envelope flap and you're putting too much tension on the flap. You'll tear the flap or you'll compromise the blood flow or you'll get, you know, some numbness if you're working up around the mental nerve because you're pulling and tugging on that soft tissue so hard just to where you can see and get in there and do what you need to do surgically remove bone, section of tooth, whatever the case may be. So that was one of the basic and still is one of my core concepts when it comes to incision length and flap design. And that leads right into the four basic types of flap design in my mind. So I only think about flap design in four ways. Number one, and I've already made I've already made mention of it, the envelope flap. That is my workhorse. I use an envelope flap for most everything that I do. And if it's Created properly, you can get away with that in most situations. You get good visualization, you get good access, and you don't have any trauma to the soft tissue or minimal trauma to the soft tissue once you create your flap the proper way. After you create your envelope flap, the next step would be you need more access, you need more visualization, you can do a vertical releasing incision. Vertical releasing incision from an envelope flap creates a three-corner flap in my mind in basic terms. If you add a 
second vertical releasing incision on the opposite end of your envelope flap, now you have created a four-cornered flap. So envelope flap, three-corner flap, four-corner flap. I mean, you can do a ton with those three flap designs in and of themselves. And that's what I do. I will mention that fourth flap that I'll mention is one that I saw from Dr. Anthony Sklar down in Miami. I went to a course where he was talking about implants and bone grafts. He was doing sizable bone grafts. One of the questions we're talking about and we were asking him was how you get passive closure over large bone grafts. And he showed us his flap design. He would do scoring of the periosteum, which I'll mention in a second. But he would also create a four-corner flap in those areas that were really big grafting areas. But at the base of his flap, he would cut back at 45-degree angles and create what is, what is in my mind, a six-corner six flap. And he wouldn't do full thickness, if I remember correctly. He would just go through the, the mucosa, and that would give him enough passive advancement where he could suture over the bone graft without any tension. So that was a six-corner flap, and I have to mention it because it sticks out in my mind. When it comes to flap design, going back to vertical releasing incisions to create three-corner, four-corner flaps, or even six-corner flaps, I in this and this goes a little bit against it in the six-corner flap, but make your base wider than your apex to ensure that to ensure that you have proper blood flow and perfusion to your soft tissue where you don't create a problem for yourself. And the reason I think that Dr. Sklar's six-corner flap works because he didn't go full thickness. He just did, uh, did the 45-degree uh, angle cutbacks on the base of his four-corner flap to make a six-corner flap through mucosa, and then just give them passive movement of the flap. But wider base than apex, again, fundamental surgical principle in my mind. Scoring a periosteum, that's what I pretty much do when I do envelope flaps. I'll do three-corner or four-corner flaps. Whenever I need an extra passive movement of a flap, I will do scoring of the periosteum. That's where I'll go in at the base of the flap itself. I'll take my 15 blade and I'll score the periosteum, do blunt dissection through submucosa and muscle to get good passive movement of the flap itself and passive closure. That's my trick. Those are the basic things that I do. That's flap design 101 for me and it's been, it served me well for years and I don't do anything fancy with it. And I know there are all kinds of flaps that are fancy and there's fancy names for them and that's great. And you can use those and you may use those and that's fine. I'm not saying you change. I'm just saying that people ask me, I'm telling you what I do uh, and it works for me. I have adjusted things over the years where, you know, if I was tearing flaps, I try to figure out why I was tearing flaps. That's where I started releasing papillae. In general, I will release a papillae one tooth over adjacent to where I'm working. That works really well in my hands and for me. Now, not to forget about specifics on lower third molar flap design. I'm going to talk through this. I don't have a visualization of this, so you'll have to create this in your mind. We'll use tooth number 32, impacted tooth number 32. How I create my incision. I will create a Crestal incision right off the distal line angle 
buckle, just the buckle line angle of the second molar. I'll create a succular flap around the neck of the tooth on the buckle of the second molar. I'll release the papillae between the first and second molar. That's my envelope flap design. That will give me access to most third molars that I need to remove on the lower. And that works real well for me. Occasionally, occasionally you'll get enough tension in these keratinized tissue areas around the retromolar pad area are tethered down so hard. You can't get good release. You can't get good visualization. I will do a little trick. Now, this is probably worth the price of admission to me. I will take my 15 blade, the tip of it. I will lift that keratinized tissue up as high as I can in the distal, back toward the retromolar pad area or toward the ramus to give you descriptors on where I'm talking about. I won't do a full thickness hockey stick or 45 degree angle vertical releasing incision to get access. I will just do a periosteal incision at a 45 degree angle in that area. Not full thickness. And that will release things so well, you'll be so surprised at how much access you can get by just doing that one little trick. So the basic flap design works most of the time, but every once in a while you need a little bit more access. You do that periosteal release back there at 45 degree angles uh, on the end of your incision closest to your ramus. That'll open things up for you guys. In my opinion, I think that's, that's money. That's what I do. Get in there, get what you need to get done. It lays passively. Most of the time, I don't even use sutures. That's a different topic for a different day. From an upper standpoint, you don't have to do that. The biggest thing I find with the upper flap design is the area around the tuberosity. So let me back up a second. Let me describe my incision and my flap design for upper thirds. I will do a crustal incision over the tuberosity toward the distal aspect of the second molar. I'll come around, I'll go around the neck of the second molar, and I'll release the papillae between first and second molar. No vertical releasing incision. Full thickness reflection with a non-molt periosteal elevator. That's what I use for my elevation of my flaps. Once I do that, occasionally, occasionally, I'll have to extend that to, uh, incision on the tuberosity toward the hamular, hamular notch a little bit especially if you've got a distal angle tooth that's trying to come out through the soft tissue, it'll get caught in that pocket of soft tissue and you'll have to release that. So sometimes you have to extend that incision a little bit more. You get good visualization and all, but when you start elevating the tooth and pulling the uh, pulling the tooth down from uh, the alveolus, you will get it caught up in soft tissue, a soft tissue pocket. You can release that soft tissue at the very distal aspect toward the hamular notch and you can do real well and open that up, and it'll pop right out. And that's basically my flap design for upper thirds, and that's a bonus when we're talking about lowers, but I'll throw in my upper third mower as well. That's that's how I do flap design. Nothing, nothing fancy, nothing special. Works pretty well for me, and it's worked well for me over the years. So I want to hear your opinions on this. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear your suggestions. I want to hear your techniques, how you do it. I want to see what's going on in your practice and the whole point of this is for us to get better at what we do, improve upon our surgical skills, expand our knowledge, and you know, get a little bit more confident in our surgical skills and our surgical practice our, uh, itself. So you can email me at uh, the 
podcast email. That's russell at oralsurgerysuccess.com. Email me, russell at oralsurgerysuccess.com. I'll get those. And as I've said before, I have a 48-hour self-imposed window that I allow myself to answer those and to comment. So if you send those over, I'll take a look at them. I appreciate you listening in. Your time is the most valuable thing. Uh, It's the most valuable thing that any of us have. So I appreciate you spending a few minutes with me for this episode. If it's uh, something that you like hearing and you want to continue, I'll talk to you the next episode. Thanks, guys.